You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your co-hosts, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another afternoon broadcast here at Sticks in the Six, brought to you by the fine folks at the NDL House and the Hockey Podcast Network. Episode 131 here with my co-hosts, Alex and Peter. I'm Andrew. And boys, uh, we got uh, not not so much of a newsy week, but uh, some, a few talking points here on our, our uh, beloved Maple Leafs. Um, but before we get to that, Peter, how are you doing this week, buddy? Ah, doing great. Um you know, I've been – so, you know, obviously with a lot of shows coming out and everything like that, I've got back into, like, the whole superhero craze, especially the DC universe right now. Like, I'm seeing Batman animated series, Superman. I'm seeing everything on, like, Netflix and TV right now. I'm just I'm just diving into that. Uh, you know, if anybody knows, I'm a huge Batman fan, so watching all this DC stuff and getting back in tune with it um it's been on non-stop like anytime i have a moment i'm watching something dc related so glad that the animated shows are coming back because it's like a whole bunch of nostalgia for me right now there you go there you go alex what's going on my friend not too much i've uh got a tea time stateside at 324 today so uh the guy that i'm going with is currently filling in on air for uh someone on the rock station in the building that i work for hits fm Um, and his show ends at two o'clock. So he has to make the half hour drive down to my place. And then we have to go to, we have to go to, it's in just outside of Buffalo. It's in Lancaster, New York, where we're playing and, uh, a little worried because it's 40 minutes there from my house. And this guy's, we're going to be cutting it real close, but, um, I don't know. Hopefully this is one of those golf courses that aren't like ridiculously anal about showing up 15 minutes to the, to the fucking money before you're. your your tea time and then being in the tea box at the exact time i'm i'm a little worried but uh, i i think we're gonna be good yeah, you <laughs> I, know what? my afternoon's very crammed today <laughs> i was gonna say you do the you do the little uh courtesy call beforehand and just say yeah you know what we might be uh we're gonna be five ten yeah. minutes late just uh you know let let the next group we're gonna be fashionably through. late you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> the circumstances that were not present the day before when i booked this tea time <laughs> yeah. i think that and then they're gonna ask me for the circumstances i'm just gonna stutter yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, well, I got stuff going on. What do you want? Hey, we got we got a leaf podcast. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we'll love that. and then they, and then he's gonna go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're Alex from Six and the Six. All right, pass pass through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Um, we we got talking kind of before here. Uh, we got uh, we went live, and uh, Peter, I gotta I gotta like you guys are younger than me. I know I know I kind of raised this, but like. I was talking to a guy at work last night and there's there this conversation and I just saw Nashville Predators uh, tweet it out as well. The whole Oppenheimer and then Barbie movie right after. Yeah. I'm I, I like if there's a listener out there right now that's that's tuning in or somebody that watches this or listens to this later and knows what the story is behind this like back-to-back movies, you're going to a historical flick and then you go see the Barbie film. Um I mean tweeted us or or comment or let us know what the hell this is yeah what this whole this whole situation is that's going on because i don't get it and maybe it's just maybe it's just my (laughs) age i don't know i'll tell you right now the guy is coming from the guy that's the youngest on the show and should be the most tuned into stuff well versed i've got no clue so (laughs) yeah he was saying they're like dressing up in suits going to oppenheimer and then they jump over to the barbie movie right away after so 
get a cowboy hat for Ryan Gosling or something like that. Yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I guess. But, I don't know. My explanation, and I said this like off air before we started too, I think it's just because they're so highly anticipated. Like Oppenheimer being like, you know, massive history for like, and then Barbie just being like a cult classic with like all the toys and everything. So it's like, I don't know. That's just my opinion right there, maybe. But you know what? It's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's called Barbenheimer or something like that from what I yeah. saw online. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain. So if anybody knows the actual name of the event, yeah. Let us know because we've been out of tune for you know a bit or like I, I don't know. There's always like some sort of craze with pop culture that a like there's like a certain mashup, but it's just like, well, how did this even come about? Kind of thing. This is one of those instances. Man, you know, you know that uh, theaters were shut down for like two years with COVID because like Barbie's all of a sudden like this have to see must see like come content. back yeah, yeah i just I, I don't know man i don't know but um anyways a little bit of league news before we get into the uh thick of leaf talk here um dennis melgan leaf great signed back over in uh the swiss league with the uh the lions uh, on a five-year contract so likelihood of him coming back to the nhl anytime soon is not high and obviously he didn't reach the 20 goal mark that uh I had, I, but, um, so good, good news for Mulligan jumping back home. Um, Garrett Sparks, another former Leaf, signs a one-year AHL contract with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Um, yeah, good to see him back on the ice as well. One of the most emotional players I think we've seen in a long time in the Leafs, mm-hmm. uh, Leafs Uni, so uh, shout out to Garrett. It's going to be an electric sticks in the six episode when the Leafs play the Penguins next year and Sparks is up starting because Jari got injured and he ends up shutting the Leafs out. 40 safe shutout. Yeah. Cries in the post. He cries. Yeah, I was just going to say he cries in the post-game interview. (laughs) Oh, geez. The emotions, the emotions. Um, Another note, guys, uh, Nike has cut ties officially for good with Hockey Canada again. There's a lot of news going on with Hockey Canada. We're not going to dive as deep as we have into it, but uh, uh, worth noting that uh, there is speculation that the players that are responsible for what happened in London in uh, in 2018 at the World Junior Conference um, that it could it it could play out uh, following this season or or, or mid season or what have you. I, I know there's some speculation yeah. out there that there there is going to be some accountability. Um, at some point down the road. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, especially because all those players right now can't play internationally for Canada at the moment. So um, yeah. obviously Nike making a big decision there as well. Um, it does. It's, it, it is unfortunate because it affects all, all levels of hockey Canada. So it's not just mm-hmm. the, the world junior team. It's not just the men's side of things. It's, it's the women's everything. side and it's, it's everything. So it, it is unfortunate in that sense, but at the same time, like, Obviously, we've we've talked enough about you know the BS that's gone on behind the scenes at uh, Hockey Canada and, and where it's at now. So hopefully they can they can reconcile some relationships uh, to 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 some extent as well. I was just um, about to add, like, how big is like the new information going to come out that Nike had to fully cut it off after suspending it for about like the six month period, and then reinstating it, and then literally right after that, like weeks after that it literally comes back and saying, yeah, it's done. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, that's what I mean. Like it's for them to kind of come out and like all this speculation that there is more information or that there is something coming. Um, you know, like we could sit here and 
you know, start the rumor mill and, and, yeah. you know, get it going, but we're not about that. I mean, I yeah, mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun but yeah. <laughs> I, this is, this is something a little bit more in serious depth and serious and, and we don't like, we don't know where the investigation's at and all that kind of stuff. So it's, there's a lot more going into it. A lot, a lot of moving parts at, the, at this point in time. And I'm sure, I'm sure Nike's not going to be the last one to really pull the plug on this, yeah. this relationship either. Um, but, uh, with that guys, let's jump into some leaf talk, uh, right off the hop here. I want to talk about the, the rumors swirling about Nylander, obviously with no contract signed the, uh, the idea that they're they're the two sides are still very far apart in terms of what they're going to get done. Um, or if they get anything done for that matter, speculation from the Howard Berger, um, is that. There was talks with San Jose about bringing Eric Carlson in a first-round pick in 2024 over for William Nylander and Morgan Riley. Obviously, I shot back with, you know, Morgan Riley just signed a fresh contract, no movement clause. Why the hell would he waive it to go to San Jose, a rebuilding club at this point in time? The same reason why Eric Carlson wants out of San Jose. Alex, I want to get your take on this speculative trade and the fact that – you know, William Nylander is constantly being thrown around in these trade rumors right now. All Big can, sigh of relief. All I can say is that I don't think I've seen one person so committed to just spurting out bullshit. I'm sorry. With all due respect, like I, I, I think the fact that this rumor even made the even made the rounds in Leafs Twitter. Uh, is is pretty embarrassing because I don't think there's a world out there where the Leafs trade Morgan Riley after he signed that long-term deal, at least not not for another couple of years. And to do it with him and Nylander in the same trade and to go for Eric Carlson, a guy who, you know, to his credit, is very, very good. He just won an order. He just put up 100 points. He is also 33 years old and is making $11 million. So I, I understand that hypothetically there might be some retention involved, but this entire trade proposal was bogus and I, I, I don't even think it deserves the time of day. So I figured I had to be brutally honest there. I'm, I don't want to be the guy that's like, nope, screw it. We're not talking about this on the show, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I clicked on that. Once you, once you click on that article and it's all colorful, random, random words are colored. It's like, it's, it looks like a cut and paste ransom note. Like, I, I, I just the think magazine I, clipping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I just don't think it's worth talking about. So uh, that's my take. Peter, your thoughts on this uh, this idea that there was or could be uh, talks in place with the San Jose Sharks to bring over Carlson? Oh, yeah. Uh, my my he- my eyes and head just hurt just reading that actually because obviously why w- okay. Obviously, William Nylander is in a different situation, but he has a 10-team no-trade list that he ha- that he could submit. One, the San Jose Sharks are probably going to be on that list because he probably wants to go a contender and not to a team that's in a rebuilding stage right now because he is in his prime. I don't think he wants to go to a bottom feeder team with all due respect to the Sharks because they are rebuilding. Don't think that's likely. And like Alex said... Um, like we said before the show too, like Riley has a no movement clause. Why would Riley, again, same situation. You're in a better spot to win with the Maple Leafs than you are with the San Jose Sharks right now. And then, and then reading the actual tweet itself, Nylander and Riley from the Leafs to the Sharks for Carlson and the first round pick. As much as I would love the Sharks, you know, lottery pick to draft 
Celebrini, Iserman, Demidov, Levshunov, what have you, San Jose is the one going to be asking for a first round pick. They're not going to be giving up a first. Let's just make that perfectly clear right now. As, as I mean, they could give it up, but considering that they're in a rebuilding stage and considering that they're going to probably be in a top 10 spot next year, top 10, top five, no way that first round pick is coming back. They're, they're like that whole entire like proposal is just <clears throat> mind boggling at this point. And like it, it said that we have to like come to these Nylander trade proposals right now, because at some point, if you can't get it done, you will have to trade them, but let's see what it plays out. Cause we're still in July, not even done August. They can still do work and work something out mid season. Let's see where we at before the trade deadline, like January, February. Then you can make your decision on what you need to do. It's still a bit too early. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I put it on there because, like, I, I wrote back and just noted before even reading the article because I, I I couldn't bring myself to fucking <laughs> click on that that yeah. that clickbait. Um, I, I I mentioned that you know. The no the no movement clause is there for Riley. Obviously, he's not going to waive it to go to to San Jose. And and as you mentioned, Peter, if the pick's coming back, it's likely going to be a top ten protected anyways. Yeah. So the likelihood of it get being a twenty twenty four pick is, is very unlikely. Um, on top of that, you know, Alex, you raised the point of age for Carlson plus his salary. I mean, retention being there, even if it is, I mean, you know, you're still talking about a major major jump in salary um in moving those those pieces but at the same time like you you've got two players with either no movement clause or modified no movement clause my guess is that san jose at this point in time is on nylander's 10 team list i I, i'm like i would have to assume that it would be i mean obviously players love to go down to california and and what have you but why why would you waive your no movement clause to go to a team that is at least three years away from even being competitive. Uh, just to me, it doesn't make any sense. So um, yeah, I, I had to pipe in because I, I eventually did click on the link and I read it through it. And I, you know, he even mentions in the, in the piece that, you know, uh, Riley's got this no movement clause and it just, to, in my head, I'm like, so then why the hell would you even propose this <laughs> trade? Like it just like, None, none of it, none of it yeah. makes sense. It, 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 you said it in the first paragraph that he's got no movement clause. So you think he's just um, randomly <clears> going <throat> to waive it and just be like, "Yeah, you know, I signed it. I'm going to waive it for you guys." Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Let let me help you out with five, six more years left on my contract. I'll help you guys out and I'll go to San Jose so you can get Eric, Eric Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's um, like it's like if you were to let me go on like franchise mode in NHL 14. Back when I was like, back when I was a high schooler and I'm pulling all nighters and just eating Doritos and Mountain Dew, <laughs> yeah. and just, just turning turning force <laughs> trades on and just doing whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's. Uh, I mean, I get this whole need to like throw out proposals for William Nylander, but yeah, that's you're... yeah. Let's make that. Let's make that clear. It's the dead of summer. Yeah. Nothing wrong with trade proposals. Gotta, I know we all get something. we all get to a point in the summer when we're so deprived of hockey that the rot kind of gets into our brain and we start suggesting stupid shit that we probably wouldn't do in the middle of November. But this one is a little too far, I think. I I still think though too. There's there's got to be some kind of like respect factor for these players as well. Like you're throwing names around like 
you know, hey, Morgan Riley, yeah, we'll just throw you in here because Nylander's really the guy that we're trying to move. But yeah, what the hell? We'll get rid of uh, you know Morgan Riley as well. Now you're talking about a guy that's committed to this team, taking a pay cut to stay with the Leafs, and you're like, yeah, see you later. Yeah, like, sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm surprised you didn't throw Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews in that deal too. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Like, it's, well, there was there there was an article saying that the Leafs would be insane. Spell it out: I N S A N E. Insane not to trade Austin Matthews for Eric Carlson at the trade deadline that was uh yeah that was an actual article by the wow, way okay Same here we course. go we got a we got a comment on youtube from uh dimmer 17 any trade involving riley means this team loses any heart it has i agree Agreed. i couldn't agree yeah. with you more i couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you more i think this guy's been there through like the hardest times of this franchise like the year that they were dead last got austin matthews morgan riley was on that team and he's He's helped kind of build the – I mean, I am I still at, at certain points am shocked that he didn't get the C over John Tavares, and I understand why. But at the same time, like this guy was your – this guy was your heart and soul through some of the toughest times of this franchise's recent history. And, um, yeah, I mean, I you'd be, you'd be absolutely crazy to trade Morgan Riley at this point. I think yeah. you let him play with the remainder of his career with the Maple Leafs. But I – Sorry, go ahead. I just want to add one more quick thing about Carlson. Um, Obviously, yeah, he had 101 points last year, but I'm going to jump to Roman Yossi, who had 96 points in like last season or 21-22, the season before that. And he saw a significant drop down to 59 points. Now, the Preds were, you know, a little bit more average than the San Jose Sharks. And what Carlson did on the Sharks is absolutely commendable. But who's to say that he's going to be in that 80-plus point range again if you're going to see that drop-off with his age and everything like especially, that? Especially too is, you know, 33 years old. So Especially on the Leafs. Like, like no offense no offense to, to Carlson. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic player. I don't think anybody takes anything away from him. But mm-hmm. fucking Rodko Gudis could have fucking scored 80 points on the San Jose Sharks because nobody was yeah. getting any points on the San Jose Sharks. Like Can you imagine the contract that Radko Gudis would have gotten if he put up 80 points. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, you're, you're talking about a team that had zero, zero offensive players aside from Timo Mayer, who you ended up trading at the deadline anyways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, outside of that, like, you know, obviously like there's, there's players that would not normally put up, on a good team, they wouldn't put up the same amount of points as they would on the San Jose Sharks. And that's just, it's just the way that, you know, the cookie crumbles, I guess, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, jumping back to Nylander for a quick second here too. I, I just, I think you're a year out from when his contract's done. I don't think that like the speculation on, on him not resigning or him needing to be traded should not even pick up until like, I don't know. Let's get the let's get the puck dropped on on next season before we even we even yeah. start talking about the fact that we need to trade him because like I mean at the end of the day this is this has clearly been one of your more consistent players over the last few seasons like to sit there and say yeah we need to get rid of William Nylander is just it, it, it seems asinine at this point and the thing too that like I said I think you would have a clear picture like at least by January where you stand with that I think that's going to be the kind of deadline as opposed to November last time when you know because of his RFA situation, I think that'll be the deadline where you have to think that, you know what, 
it's not going anywhere. Let's try and look and shop them. But then again, are you going to find a better return than Nylander in the playoffs? You could probably use him as an own rental and then probably shop his rights after the season's done if you need to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, uh, Dimmer 17 again. Carlson played zero defense last year. That's how he achieved the point total. I mean, for sure. Like he was a minus 26. Again, it goes back to the team that he played for, I think. So, I mean, if you're a plus minus guy, I mean, minus 26, obviously something that you don't want to see. But at the same time, you look at the team as a whole and their their analytic numbers Mm -hmm. certainly wouldn't be where you want it to be either. So I think there's a lot, a lot of question marks there. Age is a question mark salary is a question mark i just like the whole howard burger trade proposal is just asinine so um yeah i i don't know i just think it's it's something that uh you know <laughs> people kind of we talked about this last week i think uh you know talking about the hockey writers as as a, as a new media type thing and you know it's people like to comment and say it's a blog but i mean this is this kind of shit is the stuff that is that's not even a blog, blog. worthy. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's an opinion. Like what would you compare it to Alex? It's like a Steve Simmons, like Sunday Sunday notes on crack. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Anyways. Um, quick note before we get to our next point here uh, from the NDL house rumor season is back and with it. So are the Maple Leafs getting ready for a night out or watching some baseball at home with the gang. What better way to do it than with a nice cold one from the folks at Indie Ale House in Toronto with two locations in the city at Italy, Toronto at Bay and Bloor, the Biroteca location. They have two big screens, amazing authentic Italian food and loads of beer. Also at the OG Brew Pub in the junction at Kiel and Dundas with 120 seats, famous bar food and 12 taps. Indie Ale House is an award-winning brewery featuring their flagship instigator IPA and dozens of rotating monthly special release beers. Perfect for takeout, dine-in, or bottle shop online orders when planning for game night. You can find Instigator IPA and Marco Polo Pilsner at finer LCBOs across the province as well. Hashtag Live Indie is the motto. Adventurous, fun-focused beers with a selection for everyone from a healthy dose of in-your-face hoppy beers for the beer geeks to mainstream Pilsners and easy drinking options. Indie Ale House is the go-to for game day. Um, gentlemen, there's been some talk about tj brody as a possible buyout candidate or a trade option as well um peter let's throw it to you first on tj brody is this a realistic conversation or with the least even consider buying a guy out like tj brody well we already know what the cost of his buyout calculator or bio contract would be um it, it would probably be a zero year one but you're probably looking at you know, 2.5 million as a result in year two. I'm just going to double check. Yeah. 2.5 million in year two. Yeah. The cap's going to go up, but you could use every single dollar of that. And obviously it's kind of the same situation like Matt Murray. And I know you've wrote about this Forbes, where if you could get a trade for TJ Brody, I think that would probably be a win because you know, $5 million, that's a hell of a lot of money that you could save up on. And Obviously, you know, Trey Living kind of still has that connection with Brody as well. I think he's here to stay. But if you can find a suitable replacement over him where he can still eat minutes, still have that two-way game, um, be great to defend against the Russian quickly and be quick on breakouts, I think that's going to be very ideal. But 
You know, there's a lot of talk going on right now about who an ideal candidate could be to replace Brody. Like, are you looking at, you know, someone on Calgary, like uh, uh, Nikita Zadorov, who's big, physical, has that, you know, uh, what what did the Trail Living say? Piss, not in vinegar that he plays with as well. Mm -hmm. He adds Mm -hmm. to that whole entire thing, um, which makes him tougher, which is great. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Brody is still an effective player. He didn't quite have that in the playoffs, but it's tough to find a player that can excel at what he does. And, you know, I don't think, again, kind of like a Nylander situation, you should only make a trade if you're getting a good return, but that cap space is going to be huge to like alleviate yourself of $5 million. And again, you know, you want to, if you want to make another deep run, you need a defenseman like TJ Brody. So are you going to trade him for an, an improvement? I think that's the only situation, but I think we still see him even past the deadline. If that's the case, Alex, what are your thoughts on uh, the whole TJ Brody speculation? Um, I think it's something that's only going to happen if True Living wants to upgrade that decor and maybe bring in a, a, like a big name, not a big name per se, but someone, someone a little bigger than John Klingberg, for example. Like if they were to swing a trade for T for uh, Brett Pesci or something like that, then I could definitely see them parting with TJ Brody. I definitely don't think that they're going to buy him out. I think that that would be, that'd be a little pointless. It wouldn't be worth paying uh, or eating the bit of that salary just for this year. He's got one year left and you know, he may, I think people's opinions on him may have shift because of how much he was ridden in the playoffs when he was with uh, Jake McCabe, but I still think he's a perfectly capable defensive or defenseman. I think that the Leafs get a lot worse defensively if they get rid of him. So I could see them, potentially moving him or considering moving him if it were in a trade for a bigger, like to upgrade the defense. But aside from that, I just, I I don't think there's a point in buying him out. I think that's, that that's kind of a moot point. Yeah, I I agree. I think right now, like the conversation uh, around Matt Murray is that there's a potential buyout there um, and and to do that and then go back and and buy out Brody as well. just doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me long-term. Plus, you know, you, you we can talk all we want about how Brody was in the playoffs and, you know, a couple mistakes here and there that, you know, may not have been very Brody-esque. But at the same time, like, you know, all season long, he's one of the more reliable defensive defensemen. And, and, and some of the plays he makes, you can see how he's helped this team um, defensively on on two-on-one two breaks and and odd man rushes and and – I don't know, just the history with Tree Living and, and TJ Brody, I just don't see it happening. It's not, you know, I think he has a lot of respect for him. I think, you know, he he mentioned it coming in too, that the respect that he has for for Gio and, and uh, Brody is, is so high and, and he's happy to have the two of them back. And um, yeah, I just, I it doesn't seem realistic to me. Trade option, again, um, you know, unless, unless a guy like Timothy Lilligren, and we'll get into him in a second, has like a breakout year and, and suddenly turns into this all-star type of defenseman. I just don't see it being a realistic option for them moving forward. I mean, you, you talked about them this year, bringing in, you know, Jordy Ben and Victor Mete and, and extra guys, uh, Eric Gustafson to have on the back end going into the playoffs. You're going to need the same thing going into the playoffs this year as well. If they, if that's, uh, that's the route they go. So I just I don't see him being a guy that they look to move at any point throughout the year. Uh, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So, Justin, um, 
had 139 block shots. Now we 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 all complained about Justin Hall in the past, but you know we also complained about Brody in the playoffs. But at least Brody wasn't on for like 14, 15 goals against at five on five. Um, but also, you know, Justin Hall was a capable shot blocker, 139. Brody was right behind him at 111. You know, if you trade away Brody, then you lose two guys in your defensive zone that were able to get into the lanes and block shots. Um, and then Timothy Lilligren, which we get to as well, had 93. So there's that, you know, a little bit of a offensive advantage over Justin Hall, plus the defensive mindset that Lilligren has to try and replicate that. And, Again, you take away Brody and the fact that he could get into the lanes minus Justin Hall and his 139 block shots, then you're back at square one. Well, who are we going to have? It's sort of like that defensive stay-at-home demon, and I think Brody can do that with a little bit more offense as well. Yeah, yeah, no question, no question. He's he's a useful piece on that back end, and you mentioned Lilligren, and and I want to get into this conversation as well because. Um, Obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit last season in, in Sheldon Keefe having a favorite in Justin Hall and continually pushing him to, to be out there. And, you know, the mistakes that he made, it just kind of kind of compiled over over the season and come playoff time. It was a big question mark as well. Um, and, and the guy sitting in place of him was Tim, Timothy Lilligren. And, you know, we've talked about his development over the last two seasons and what he's what he's done for this team. But now with with Bradshaw living in there, uh, Sheldon Keefe obviously still the coach. Um, Peter, are we talking about a guy that potentially could have a fresh start in terms of, you know, maybe he gets a better opportunity, maybe he gets more ice time, maybe he sees, you know, some playoff action this year, not just as a fill in, um, in in certain games, and and a guy that maybe can take that next step. I mean, he's still very young, still a lot of opportunity ahead of him, still a lot of hockey to play. But uh, we want to see more from Timothy Lilligren as as Leafs Nation. So, what are your thoughts on on him and and potentially taking that next step this season? Yeah, it's going to be huge, and I've been a big advocate of Lilligren. Um, yeah, there are times where you know you may look to trade him, but there are times where he was showing that he was capable of being an NHLer. And you know, we always talk about defensemen taking a little bit longer to develop. Um, he's 24 right now. He's still young. And let's not, let's not kid ourselves. He came over like to North America post draft in 2017 when I think he was just like still 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, he was still very, very young and he said, and he took a while for everything to adapt, but he's rounding out his game. And, you know, I'm expecting right now him to try and push for a top four role right now. And that maybe it's still a little bit, you know, of a reach giving the fact that or given the fact that you know on the right side right now he's got a battle john klingberg brody's on the right side but he can still play left so i think if you have you know brody and riley as one pairing then maybe rotate between mccabe and lilligren i mean uh klingberg and lilligren on the right side with mccabe where you have another steady defensive partner i think they could work wonders from him because he can now play with a guy that could still jump into the rush, play that same two-way game as him. And obviously when you look at like the amount of shots from defensemen um, or amount of goals from defensemen, it wasn't that great. I mean, 
Bradley had 126 shots, but you know how many of them were actually quality shots because he only had four goals. You know, we know he's more of a playmaker, but he's got to take more shots. And Lilligren led the team in goals with six on 84 shots, 7.1 shooting percentage, the highest on the team. Um, of course, aside from you know Connor Timmons as well, but he was in a smaller sample. Um, I, I I think that this is going to be a big season for Lilligren. I think he's going to be a breakout player. I, I I said that last year, and it looked like it when he was playing well with Rasmus Sandin. But I think right now, with a little bit more veterans that he's playing with, I think it's going to be huge for his confidence going forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on uh, Lilligren possibly taking that next step, and what can we see or expect from him this season? Yeah, I think that with Hall out of the picture, the options that you're looking at for players who could play alongside of Timothy Lilligren are either a Jake McCabe or a TJ Brody or a Mark Giordano. And I think if he's playing alongside any of those players, I think he's looking great. And, um, you know, Peter, I, I, I tossed out a hot take last year. It didn't end up happening, obviously, but I think I tweeted, or I, I tweeted something along the lines of Timothy Lilligren's going to put up 40 points this year at the end of at the beginning yeah. of last year and it didn't happen but it did seem realistic though yeah at the time before he was injured that was before he was injured all that's true yeah. but um i do think that at some point he's gonna break out and i think he breaks out whenever you trust him and give him the opportunity i always tell people who doubt timothy lilligren and say you know he, he might not you know he might not be ready you gotta put him on the bottom pairing etc you gotta you gotta shelter him it's things like that i always tell him that he was a second overall pick projection at some point. Like mm-hmm. he was, mm-hmm. he was originally back when Nolan Patrick was the guaranteed first overall pick in that 2017 draft. Timothy Lilligan was right behind him and he only slipped because he got mono that year and, you know, missed a lot of time. Didn't really look good when he played. And yeah, because of, yeah, because of all that, it was a little harder for scouts to get a read on him, but this guy's got potential and I'm not saying he's going to be a, he's going to be a number one defenseman someday, but I think you're absolutely looking at a capable top four defenseman. And if he doesn't do it in Toronto, he's going to do it somewhere else. So uh, I'd really like for them to be patient with him and give him that proper opportunity. Because I think that, especially since that Klingberg's only on a one-year deal, if you let him get accustomed to playing heavier minutes this year, I think that by the time next year comes around, I think he could. it's possible he could have more of an offensive game and maybe could be ready to take a power play quarterback role on the team next year. So... Uh, I definitely think that it's a it's a good call, uh, and I think that they should be they should definitely be giving him some extra minutes because I think he's proven that he deserves it. He just hasn't really had the space to do so. I'm going to keep it short and sweet here, guys, because I think you guys nailed it. Um, I think this season we saw a lot of potential from him. Uh, his the, the goals that he scored, he was getting to open spots along the blue line. He was walking the line well. He was skating well. He was giving himself open open looks. Um, and uh, I do agree with you, Alex. I think at some point he's going to be quarterback in this power play. I think the Leafs traded Sandine because they saw more of a future with Lilligren. And that's, I don't, I don't foresee them, even though Dubas is gone, I don't foresee them, you know, changing that, that mentality up, especially because Shanahan's still at the helm. Um, I, I believe he was part of the decision-making at that, when they did trade Sandine. I think uh, there was a, probably a lot of talk internally um, about, you know, which way to go. And, and I think they landed on, on Lilligren having more potential, uh, you know, further along in their careers. And I think, I think we're going to see that as he continues to grow, I think he's going to develop well with, with whatever player he, he ends up uh, with. 
um, whether it be Brody, whether it be Giordano, whether it be, you know, Jake McCabe, but there's a lot of potential for, for maybe a, an older veteran to kind of give him that extra jump. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I see there's a lot of potential there with, with, uh, with uh, him. And I think there's a big, there, there's a high stealing form as well. So um, I, I can't, I can't foresee them moving him at any point, especially with, you know, what they have in the system right now, who's ready. It just, it, it doesn't make sense unless they were to bring somebody else in. And John Klingberg wasn't brought in to, to be a replacement for, for Lilligren. If anything, yeah. Lilligren's going to be, you know, the replacement for John Klingberg at some point. So, um, and even so he played a key role for Sweden, despite Sweden not playing well at the world championships, you know, four points in five games. I mean, getting those minutes and opportunities, how much do you think that's going to work for his confidence as well? Coming over to the NHL where it's like, okay, you know, I am capable of playing important roles. Now I just got to keep showing it. I, I think that's going to go well for his confidence too. Just even at a small tournament like that, despite this uh, Sweden not having the best outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you know, Alex, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't jump off that 40 point uh mark that you had set last season for him yet and i you know maybe place a little bet on it on uh, DraftKings sportsbook and for those of you who are new customers download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use code thpn bet just five dollars to score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 369 in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in west virginia gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the west virginia lottery please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And, uh, boys, before we close it out here, just one last comment from Dimmer17, who uh, thanks to Dimmer for tuning in for the yes. full episode here. Um, I disagree. Lill Lilligren is a sixth defenseman at best. He's had an eternity to get it together and cannot make the playoff lineup. Not strong enough to play the front of the net. Timmons is an AHL defender. I think, you know, I understand where, where he's coming from on this mm. comment. Um, obviously, you know, we, we, it's taken Lilligren a little bit longer to get to, to the place that he needs to be. And I think he's, I don't think he's fully developed into what, you know, he was over in Sweden. I think there's a lot, like I said, I think there's a lot of potential. His ceiling's still high, um, still an extreme, extremely young defenseman. And remember, like with his development, he's missed out on a year with COVID. He's had mono. 
He's had a few injuries since coming over to North America. So the development process has changed a little bit for him as well. Um, and in that sense, I, I think you give him a little bit extra time to see what he, what he's made of and, and and the potential that he can he can rise up to. I don't know if you guys agree, um, but that's that's kind of where I sit on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand it for sure because, you know, he took a little bit to get his footing uh, in the AHL. And then obviously he, you know, he was kind of up and down between the Leafs and the Marlies in, in 2021, the COVID year. And then he played his first full season or like full quote unquote, if you want to call it that in 2022. So it does feel like it has been a while since he was drafted in 2017. But, you know, for a guy like him, I think it, it, you got to, you got to give him a little more time just because he's, you know, this is only his second. He's only played two seasons in the NHL. And I think for defensemen of his type, it's a slow development process, but it, the, the rewards are worth it when you get there. And I think as long as he develops some sort of an offensive game at some point, um, then I think it'll be fine because th there is truth in the fact that he's not strong enough to clear the front of the net. He's not a, he's not a big physical guy in front of the net, but if you pair him with someone that is, um, I think eventually at, at his peak, he'll be a puck moving defenseman. And I think he just needs to get the ice time to prove that. So. And the big thing for me with Lilligren is his board play is stronger than the net front presence. I will agree that he needs to get a little bit tougher, you know, clearing bodies out. But then again, like Alex said, if he's paired up with a, a Jake McCabe who can deal with that, I think that's going to be huge and it'll alleviate some of that pressure off. But also, like I said before with his development, like as soon as he was drafted, he made the jump over to the Marlies and every single season, you know, he got more comfortable playing more minutes and he was even playing uh, healthy minutes under Sheldon Keefe as well. Um, 2019, 20. Yeah. Keefe was the coach at that time before I, I can't remember when he made the jump to being the Maple Leafs bench boss as well. I think it was that season because, you know, Babcock got fired, but you know, for a player who has that, who is all offense before, but was also developing that two way aspect, it showed his willingness to grow as a player and round out his game. And the fact that it's still taken a little bit longer where maybe he didn't make the jump after years two or three, I think it just shows a testament to how great he's willing to put in the work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what he brings this year. Obviously starting the season off in Sweden uh, as the Leafs make that global series trip uh, will be good for him as well, being back home close to family. So we'll see how how his season goes. Like I said, throw a little money on maybe a 40-point season for Timothy Lilligren. Let's see what he does. But, uh, boys, I know, Alex, you got to run. You got uh, you got a nice tea time uh, south of the border. So uh, excited Enjoy, for you. Yeah, Enjoy in it, my man. case, it's a little more like – it's more a little more like east of the border. East the, of the border. East <laughs> of the border. There you go. There you go. But, uh, gentlemen, as always, thanks to Demmer for tuning in. Um, Thank you. All, and all Liam. Episode. And Liam as well. Um, big shout out to uh, THPN for hosting us as always. Uh, if you are heading to a concert or a sporting event in the next little while, use SeatGeek. Sign up using code Sticks in the Six. That's S T I X or S T I C K S I N T H E six I X, and uh, you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Um, otherwise, make sure you follow us all on Twitter at Andrew G Forbes at A Hobson Media and at Barracchini, or you can follow the show on any of the platforms below. As always, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, this uh, this episode will be up on all streaming platforms as of tomorrow morning. So until next week, Peter, uh, it's been fun. It's been swell. And yes. uh, hopefully uh, we see some more uh, 
some more of Dimmer 17 and his great takes next week as well. Absolutely. Uh, for now, that's it for episode 131 of Sticks in the Six.